and welcome. This is Inexperienced. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Inexperienced, the podcast geared towards young professionals entering the workplace and dealing with awkward situations. This week we're joined with Phoebe Parsons. Say hi, Phoebe. Hi, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Uh, Phoebe has a wealth of knowledge across so many industries. She also has an awesome podcast of her own, which I'll let her introduce. Um, and is a radio, uh, what's the word? A radio, I mean, radio host. Radio host, yeah. Podcaster, PR and comms manager. Yeah, all of the things. Wear a lot of hats. All of the things. <laughs> I'll let you introduce yourself, Phoebe. Go ahead. It's, I always really struggle to introduce myself, especially in this kind of scenario, because I'm a classic millennial slushy. <laughs> so I wear many different hats. I My full-time job, which is my nine-to-five job, is a PR and communications manager, um, for Good Life Health Clubs, and then I have a weekend radio show on Nova 106.9, and I also have a podcast that I do in conjunction with Nova called Confessions of a Trainwreck. Love it. You are a woman of many talents. Oh. You know that thing that some people say, jack of all trades, master of none? I would say you're a jack of all trades and master of a lot. Oh, so. oh, <laughs> uh, well, that is an awesome introduction. Um, if you want, would you want to give three interesting facts about yourself that, say, not everyone would know? I like, I really thought about this hard this morning because I don't think I'm that much of an interesting person. But um, probably the first thing is I'm obsessed with sharks. Like Ooh, okay. next level obsessed with sharks. Like great white sharks, are we talking? Or all of the sharks. My top three would be a great white of all shark and a tiger shark. But my <laughs> obsession went so far that I think it was my second job that I had. I applied for a week of annual leave because of Shark Week. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Shark Week, but it is 24 <laughs> 7 shark documentaries on the Discovery Channel. And at the job I had at the time, you had to write a reason why you were applying for annual leave. Oh and I obviously goodness. wrote down Shark Week and my application was denied. Oh, which I think is unfair in hindsight because you unfair. can use your leave however you want. Agreed. Agreed. And I was going to use my leave to watch a lot of sharks, make my knowledge vaster, even though it had no. Is this, um, is this spurred from stepbrothers when they're watching Shark Week? No, it actually came from, I used to nanny my boss's little boy when he was really little and he got super into sharks. So every time I'd look after him, it was like a no brainer. The only way to keep him quiet was to watch shark documentaries (laughs) and shark movies. And then I got super, super into it. I love that. That is a very interesting (laughs) fact. Would you like to list two more? Um, This one's kind of gross, but it's a good point of discussion. I've had 12 teeth removed. What? 12 teeth, yeah. I had monster teeth when I was growing up. And I had, I have a little jaw and Uh. my dad actually had supernumeraries, which is three sets of teeth. So they don't know if I had a couple of extras or my jaw was just too small. Yeah. But I had to get four baby teeth pulled out because my adult teeth grow in too fast. Then there was still not enough room. So I had four adult teeth removed. And then I had all four of my wisdom teeth taken out. Ouch. That would have been painful. Yes. Very painful. painful. (laughs) And another one? Um, Since I was 17, Mm -hmm. I have always worked a minimum of two jobs at a time. You are crazy. I know. At one point, there was three there. And then that was just, that was too much. Too much. Too much. And now... I just get bored so easily. Are you doing three at the moment if we count podcasts, radio, and full-time? Well, radio has kind of... Because of COVID, yeah. So okay. that's 
I guess I'm back to two. But yes, yeah. I was doing three again. <laughs> crazy. Crazy lady. It's crazy. <laughs> it's stupid. Well, good on you for having the energy to do all three. A so. lot of coffee. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, that gives us a lot to know about you. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to do one more icebreaker, if you will, um, which is a quick fire word game. So I'm going to say one word and then you have to say without thinking the first word that comes to your mind. Oh my God. The pressure of this game. <laughs> yes. Hopefully it's not inappropriate. I, I hope so too. I kind of hope it is. So, <laughs> but we'll see. To go one of two ways. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Work. Holic. Oh, that's work. A holic. Podcast. Queen. Philosopher. Harry Potter. Toothpaste. <laughs> Scarf. Lunch. Box. Beverage. Wine. Chips. Barbecue. Winter. <laughs> Jackets. Memory. Happy. Awkward. Moments. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Philosopher and Harry Potter is probably. That was so strange. I was like, philosopher, and I'm thinking Freud or oh. like, yeah. And you went Harry Potter, Philosopher's Stone. I respect that. (laughs) That's how my brain works. I love that. Oh, well, that lets us know a lot about you. (laughs) Probably not all good things. I think a lot of people will gear in and and lean in towards the personality. I love it a lot. Um, So let's get started on your first awkward interaction. So my first one would probably be actually the first professional job I had outside of uni so I did a uh, bachelor of journalism degree and I wanted to work in magazines which is a very tough industry to get into yeah Um, even tougher now that magazines are kind of no longer a thing anymore but all through my degree I absolutely killed myself doing all kinds of work experience I went down to Sydney and did the dolly thing did the girlfriend thing Ah. you know all those big mag things because I was so hell-bent on getting a job at a magazine at Mm -hmm. the end of uni so I, had, I hadn't graduated yet and a job popped up in Brisbane, which is where I live, for a editorial appointment, which is the first role you wow. move into when you work in a magazine. Yeah. And I applied for it purely for the experience, not thinking I'd get it, kind of in the back of my mind hoping I wouldn't get it because I was still at uni. <laughs> um, didn't tell them I had graduated. So I didn't lie yeah, but I guess I omitted. Withheld the truth. They never point blank said to my face, do you have a degree? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just assumed. So I ended up getting the job. Wow. Which awesome. I was super stoked about. And yes. I think, you know, the reason you go to uni is to get a job. So Trendy. you get a job, you take it. Um, and I had to lie about doing night school. So ah. I hadn't obviously finished my degree yet. And it was a very full-on job where we did lots of travel there was Mm -hmm. lots and lots and lots of overtime and things that I just wasn't I guess prepared for because it came a lot earlier and a lot faster than I thought it would and I think yeah they they tell you a lot in uni that it's going to take you a really long time to get a job so I just thought I would start as early as I could well that was your foot in the door so I mean take it exactly (laughs) but the way I've always looked at job interviews is it's kind of like dating you need to just sometimes so go on a bunch of dates to get better at it yes. and to like figure out what to do and what not to do. Swipe the same right with job interviews. Exactly. Exactly. And I remember on my first day, I was so overwhelmed and so in over my head that they were going to find out that I hadn't graduated yet and that I didn't know what I was doing and that I was an imposter and that I didn't deserve to be there. But I remember I would have gone back and forth crying from the toilet probably Aww. four times because I was so anxious 
that they were going to find out that I'd not that I'd even lied to them, but that you had this that I, thing that felt like a secret. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But I think it was very overwhelming to jump. I think straight into a role like that when I probably I wouldn't necessarily say I wasn't ready for it, but I yeah. think that that's how you learn. Yes, yeah. Kind of being pushed into the deep end without any floaties, you sink or swim. Like yeah. it's one of those things where I'm actually glad that I didn't ease my way in. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, very mm. interesting. That's a good thing to know. So would you, if you were to reflect on that, would you say that you wish that you said from the beginning um, that you were still at uni or you wouldn't change a thing? I actually don't. I ended up telling my boss but not until I think years after I'd even left that job because I ended up becoming yeah. very good friends with my boss. She was my first kind of mentor and I kind of saw her more like a big sister and she taught me a lot about I love the that. workforce and about things like that. And I did eventually tell her mm. and I remember telling her how upset I was when I first started oh. and she was like, that's not even an issue. Yeah. Like honestly, and I'm not saying that degrees aren't important. Of course, yeah. They are for certain um, jobs. But it's not like I was going into a hospital and hacking someone open yeah. without finishing what I was Correct. supposed to have yeah. done. <laughs> so I think that I actually probably wouldn't change that one. And, and as tough as it was at the time, mm. you get through it and it sounds so corny, but I think you end up better and more confident because of those kinds of experiences. So for people currently, let's say there's listeners that are currently in that situation where they feel like they're withholding some form of secret, what would you say that they should do? Um, keep it. <laughs> well, if it's not going to hurt your job and yeah. it's not going to interfere with your work performance, then yeah. I don't think it needs to be. Disclosure, if you are in medical <laughs> or anything, you do need a degree. So <laughs> please get that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. If it's going to come at the detriment to your work or your yeah. performance, then I would definitely say something. Yeah. But if you think that you're capable of still carrying yeah. out what they're paying you to do essentially then I don't think it's an issue. yeah I totally I totally agree with that I um I also worked full-time before I had my degree they did know that I um didn't have it but I was very fortunate because they were very accepting of it in my first role so they would let you have time off to go and to your classes or your exams or anything like that um but it was it's full on it is doing but the thing is work. a lot of people and employers are very accepting they are. of you going to uni to further your education and to better yeah. your, um, I guess, your job capacity. I still even now, at, in my current team, I have a guy who's studying a psychology degree, which has wow. nothing to do with the role that he's performing yeah. at work now. And he still has, he takes time off regularly to go to exams and, oh. you know, to study and things like that. And it's just, I think it's accepted. And because there are such flexible work mm. arrangements available now, so I think true. it's just it, – it's huge to you. Yeah. But you need yeah. to remember that it's not, not, necessarily, not necessarily huge to them. Yeah, it's probably not even a blimp on their no, radar. Exactly. So, um, And, you know, I guess it links back to you were probably feeling – I've read it uh, in psychology articles recently, imposter syndrome. Yes. So you were almost feeling that. I mean, I, st- I literally still feel that every really? single day. A hundred percent. I still live – I know this is probably something I have to explore with a therapist or something, but I still literally in every job I've had, whether it be the radio job, my podcast, or my um, full-time nine-to-five job, I still feel like at some point someone's going to turn around and realise that I don't know what I'm doing. But the thing is no one knows what they're doing. Yeah, no, no, literally 
exactly that. I, I have found going into full-time work that, you know, the more you go to different workplaces, the more you realize that everyone's kind of scrambling to get everything together and mm-hmm. get everything out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I like to think of myself as a very structured person and, you know, I am, but, you know, I, like when I don't know how to do something, I'm scrambling to figure it out, but someone on the other end isn't going to know that. They're exactly. going to think I know exactly what I'm doing. Exactly. Actually, the, one of the best pieces of advice my first boss gave me was when it comes to work, sometimes you really do have to fake it to make it. And yes. I think that as long as you can walk into those meetings and still look confident and, yeah. you know, your bosses can trust that you know how to do the job, yeah. even if behind the scenes you're crying and scrambling and <laughs> plates, flat stressing, you can do it. As long as you can get it done. Yes. Yeah. And um, I, I remember at one of my last jobs, they had said to me, um, give it to Sarah because she gets shit done. And that's I was good. like, that's what I want to be remembered for. Absolutely. <laughs> that is a really good thing to be yes. remembered for. And I was like, yes. Awesome. If you can't see, I'm doing a little Fist hand pump. pump here. So <laughs> Phoebe can see, but you know, <laughs> the rest of you cannot. You can just visualize it. So, <laughs> um, Well, that is a very interesting awkward story. And I think it will offer a lot of value because I think that people in uni will go through a very similar situation yeah. to what you went through. Um, well, now that we have delved into that one, let's go into awkward situation number two. Okay, this was at that same job. Mm-hmm. And this is something that everybody in the workforce is going to have to deal with at some point in time. And that is negotiating a pay rise, oh, uh, which is one that. of the most <laughs> uncomfortable things I swear you will ever have to do as a human. Yeah. It's horrible and it's awkward and it's doesn't always end the way that you want it to end. But I think now reflecting, I've been in the workforce for 11 years now, I think. Mm. The way I would approach negotiating a pay rise now is vastly different to the way I would have negotiated at my first job. Mm. So at my first job, I, I'd been there for, would have been about two years, I think. Mm. And I'd never had a pay rise before. And I thought that I would march into my boss's office and not demand a pay rise, but just say, Hey, you know, I've been here for, you know, over two years now. And I believe that you're happy with my performance. And, you know, I think I deserve a pay rise. Yeah. And she kind of looked at me and she's like, why do you think that you deserve a pay rise? And it was a very confronting (laughs) question, but something that PS, if you're ever going to negotiate a pay rise, you need to go in there and you need to build a case for yourself. No one's going to willingly give like willingly give you a pay rise. Yeah. That's never going to happen. And I kind of looked at her really blankly and I said, I don't know. I've been here for two years. And the second that came out of my mouth, I was like, Oh my gosh, that is the absolute wrong thing to say. But I think a lot of people still think that longevity gives you some kind of sense of entitlement to Mm. a pay rise, which I think is completely wrong. It doesn't matter how long you've been with a company. If you're not providing value that somebody else can't, why are they going to give you a pay rise? They can get rid of you and get someone better to do the job. who might be able to do it for less money than you're on, for example. Um, And while that (laughs) pay rise request was rejected, I did go back the following year (laughs) And asked for a pay rise after I'd been there for about three years, I think. But my role had changed significantly. I'd had a title change and all of these changes. And I spoke to a friend about how she negotiated her pay rise. And she works in HR, so she was very good at providing me um, information. And she said, you basically can 
have a look on um there's like what are those governing bodies where you can look at kind of the median wage for um, your industry oh one of my friends is gonna get so annoyed at me for not knowing this um I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But so it has every industry listed out and the correct. median kind yeah. of salaries for Australia. Yeah. And then you can also go and have a look on Seek for similar positions. And LinkedIn and, does. And it LinkedIn, now as well. yeah. yeah. And they list the salaries there as well. But in addition to that, you need to build a case on what you're providing to the company. So if mm. you bring in a project, for example, and say, you know, I did this project at work which brought in X amount of dollars or X amount of results to yeah. this and you know you build a case that's a very diplomatic case yeah you're far more inclined to receive a pay rise mm. than you would otherwise and look that first job turned out they weren't in the financial position to give anyone pay rises um, but we did negotiate I got an extra week of annual leave oh, and good. you know they, they did yeah. what they could in, in a very poor financial position but I think that it's still nerve-wracking now to go in and do it, but I think totally. that the more advanced and more confident you get in your career and in your abilities to do the job that you're being paid to do, mm. you do get a little bit more comfortable with kind of vouching for yourself yeah. in those positions. So for people that are currently in their first role, what tangible things would you say would be good for them to take in to a mm. negotiation for a pay rise um firstly and this is a very hard thing for me to do personally but you have to take the emotion out of it and mm. you can't get upset you can't get angry you can't get frustrated because that will probably even lessen your chance of getting a pay rise but i would definitely say take in a couple of projects that you've done that have contributed really really positively to the business mm-hmm. um make sure you your boss can see that you've hit all your kpis so take all those in as examples um and then in addition if you're being grossly underpaid then I would take in also examples of similar job wages or yeah the Fair Work Australia wages Fair Work Australia yeah that's what I was thinking of yeah (laughs) yeah and don't just expect that you're going to get a pay rise never feel entitled because you've been there for a while that you should deserve a pay rise I think that's the wrong way to look at it yeah yeah and I I completely agree with you because I think that um you know there's a saying that I always say um, and it was actually what forms this podcast is that competence and experience are two very different things. Mm. Um, and you know, someone could have 10 years experience, but be completely incompetent. Absolutely. So are you entitled to a pay rise because of 10 years? Not necessarily, mm. but if you are completely competent and showing a lot of value, then clearly you would be entitled to that. Absolutely. So that's like my oh, that's rule of thumb saying. that I go by. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> it forms this podcast. Yeah. So I was like, ah, I'm so sick of people saying inexperience. <laughs> I was very annoyed yeah, at it. Yeah, I would so, be too. I don't blame you. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> um, for people that are interested in negotiation, there is a book I have on my bookshelf, which is why I'm looking at it right now. Phoebe can see that. Um, called Getting More. And it's all Ooh. about negotiation and how to improve your negotiation skills. Um, very, very good. Would recommend it. I'm a big reader. So for those of you that like to, I don't know, study up before you go into these type of meetings, I would recommend that. Um, and also putting a spreadsheet together. Love a good mm. spreadsheet. Um, with, I guess, the money that you've brought in and if you wanted to, the money that you cost. And then showing the difference in that. I like to be very mathematical yes, with myself. Yes, I love that. And if it's not, if your role isn't directly um, 
attributed to, attributed yeah. to sales or dollars mm-hmm. than whatever your KPIs are, whether it's Correct. social media engagement, EDM yeah. working rates, whatever industry you're working in. Yeah. As long as you can prove that you're more than hitting your KPIs and generating yeah. positive growth for the business in whatever way that is to you, then prove it. Yeah, exactly. Be your biggest advocate. Exactly. And mm. there was actually um, a... So I learned in the Woman Will Google Workshop in Melbourne, um, she said this really meaningful... Um, part that kind of stuck with me which was that you should find advocates within the business yes so you should you know win people over and have influence and help them be your advocate for um, various situations because that will make your life easier yes but also being your own advocate and your biggest advocate Mm -hmm. Um, so having every point of data or whatever to back yourself up and help with those type of situations Mm -hmm. so I think that that's really 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 important Mm. yeah that is both of our awkward interactions today. Uh, mm. Thank you so much, Phoebe, for joining us. We really, really appreciate Ooh, thank you it. Thank for having me. Oh, anytime, <laughs> anytime. Um, so, guys, uh, that is the podcast for today. So, if you have any questions or um, if you're wanting any of your own awkward interactions or stories to be addressed in a Q&A section on future podcasts, you can email inexperiencedprofessionals at gmail.com. I don't own a domain, so that's why it's at gmail. Um, <laughs> otherwise... Um, Uh, We will see you in a fortnight with another professional and go over their awkward and uncomfortable stories to help you with your career. Thanks again, Phoebe, for joining us this week um, and wishing you all the best. Thank you. Bye, guys.